Women Inseparable, where women connect through the Word of God, with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. What does prayer look like? Episode 3 of the Prayer and Fasting series. The appearance of prayer cannot be found on a Pinterest board. Begin your personal search of what your prayer life looks like. Here's Jacqueline. Welcome to Women Inseparable. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, there's been much, much that we've been bringing to you in prayer. There's a lot on our hearts personally. There's a lot on our hearts uh, regarding our country. Lord God, hear our prayers. Lord, every prayer that's going through our hearts, every prayer that's going through each of our heads, I pray that you'll hear them. I pray that you'll gather our prayers and I pray that you'll pour them out upon the head that needs our prayers to be poured over. I pray salvation in the name of Jesus Christ upon our nation. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will be with our thoughts, be with our heart, be with our focus today. I pray that you'll be with us as we open up the Word of God. Help us to be present. Help us to be right here, right now. Tomorrow is going to come. Later today is going to come. Help us to be right here. Help us to focus right here. And I pray that your word will be so real. It'll be so big that it'll bring us to our knees in such love and admiration to the King of Kings. Watch over us, Lord, that your word, that your word, Lord, be spoken today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you were able to access our study guide, you saw that Philippians 4 is our passage today. And I really, really love giving a chapter and breaking up that chapter. Because in the chapter, if you just do one verse, it's beautiful. But when you do the chapter, you get the, the context. You get the full picture of it. And then when we get to do the whole book, gosh, we're just here all day. So we, I, I like doing a chapter. A chapter is good. So I knew Philippians 4 was our chapter for today. And so I got on my knees a couple days ago to get ready for this process and laid Philippians 4 before the Lord. And he's like, cut it down. And I'm like, oh, but I need to do the whole chapter. Nope, cut it down. And I thought of Gideon. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I read through Philippians 4, and I thought, you know, we, we don't need the first three verses because we're not going to talk about woman dissension. Praise Jesus because <laughs> we like each other. We're close here at Women Inseparable. And we don't need the last few verses, you know, so I cut it down. And I got on my knees again, and I'm praying over it, and God's like, cut it down. And I'm like, no, but God, context. <laughs> Don't you know? This happened over and over and over on Friday as I'm getting ready to prepare for today. Cut it down. Cut it down. Cut it down to one verse. And I'm like, but God, this one verse, most of us good Christian girls know this verse. And I had flashbacks of our favorite passages that we did over the summertime. So we did fav favorite passages, and we all put in our favorite passages. And I told God, this is not going to be good <laughs> because they're all like the verses that we always know that we don't apply. So we learned week after week after week, these verses are real. They're so popular because they're good. Let's put them to use. So that's what we did over the summertime. And I fell in love with these passages that as a Christian girl my whole life, got tired of. Have you ever been tired of a verse? It's like something you're not supposed to say out loud. 
the whole list, the whole summer was filled with verses I was tired of. And God's like, let me show you something. The word of God is alive. It's real. It's powerful. And it never, never changes. And we fell in love with the same thing like it was brand new. That's my prayer for today. That's what we're going to do today. One verse. Before we get into Philippians, though, can we finish reading a little bit from last week? Ephesians 2, I wanted to keep going while we were in discussion, but, you know, I got to 27 minutes. So I stopped, and the Lord made it very clear, you're done. And afterward, I had a couple of girls that morning right here in the room say, I wasn't done reading that passage, so while you were closing in prayer, I read it. And then I had a couple of girls say during small group time, I wasn't done with that passage, so I read it. We read it as a group. We wanted to finish. And then I received text messages and emails and Slack messages saying, I wasn't done with Ephesians 2, so I read it. How powerful and beautiful is that, that a Bible study group that does not do homework <laughs> gave themselves homework. And the homework was the Word of God. That's beautiful. I want to read it together as a group. Sound good? I think that sounds great. So Ephesians 2. We ended with 17, but I'm going to start with 17 and then finish down to 22. 17 says, And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Remembering that both is the religious and the unsaved. The religious has access to Jesus Christ. They don't need their religion anymore. They can get to God through Jesus, not because of their religion. That's good. That's power. That's what the Lord's resurrection does. The unsaved has access to Jesus. And when the unsaved accesses Jesus, they have full access to God the Father because Jesus rose again. So it doesn't matter if you're religious. It doesn't matter if you are unsaved. We're united. You want to talk about unity? There's unity. It's the name of Jesus Christ. Verse 19, it says, So then you are no longer strangers. You are no longer aliens, but you are fellow citizens. That word circles our hearts. But you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. That little girl that is sitting right next to you right now, that girl that is on a screen right next to you right now, that girl that is around you that's covering you in prayer is part of the member of the household of God together, united in God through Jesus Christ. You're not alone. Remember that. And we're built up, verse 20, we're built on the foundation of the apostles you have the New Testament going through your head? It's a lot going through your head. The apostles of the New Testament are your foundation. Like, I don't know what to do right now. I don't know what to think right now. I don't know how to function right now. I don't know how to get, get out of bed right now. What does tomorrow mean? What does yesterday mean? I don't know. You have a foundation. What is the foundation? The New Testament of the Word of God. Stand on that. It doesn't stop there. It says, you're built on the foundation of the apostles and what? Prophets. Prophets. What does that give us? The Old Testament of the Word of God. 
How much is going through your head right now? Are you thinking about Ezekiel? I love Ezekiel. When I read Ezekiel, it's like I'm reading his personal journal. Can't get enough of Ezekiel. I get to stand on the foundation of Ezekiel. Where do you get your strength to do what God's called you to do? Oh, Ezekiel. What does that mean? Read your Bible. It's power. Find your prophet. You're like, I don't know what prophet I connect to. Read the Bible. We're built on a foundation of the apostles, of the prophets. Christ Jesus himself is our cornerstone. He's our balance. Everything circles around and is connected to Jesus Christ. And then the prophets are built on the foundation around Christ Jesus. And then the apostles are built on the, or in the foundation around the cornerstone of Christ Jesus. And then in comes us, in whom the whole structure being joined together, this is an ongoing process, grows into the holy temple on the Lord. So when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're built on the foundation of the apostles and of the prophets. You're standing there. And you're connected to you who got saved in the name of Jesus Christ, and you become part of the building. And the building is built continuously for decades, for centuries, for all of time. And then a new girl comes in and learns, Jesus loves me. All I need to do is believe on the name of Jesus Christ and I am saved. Boom, our structure just got built. There's a stronghold right there. You're not alone. And verse 22 says, in him you, you also individually, as part of that structure, that one piece, if you will, that insignificant little piece of wood that makes this building stand, that one little element is being built together in itself to be the dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. You're like, okay, yeah, I know I'm part of the body of Christ, but as being part of the body of Christ, you yourself individually are the very body of Christ. You are where the Holy Spirit dwells. And as the Holy Spirit dwells in me, my insignificant little self, I stand next to Kristen where the Holy Spirit is being built within her and her insignificant little self. And we stand together and we become a powerhouse together. And every woman that walks through our women inseparable door, every woman that joins our body, every woman that receives Jesus as her savior builds up stronger and stronger, filled with the Holy Spirit. What is prayer? Prayer is Jesus, right? It starts a relationship. What is the connection? It's our place next to God. That was good. That was a good study last week. Today we get to talk about what does prayer look like? Have you ever wondered that? What does prayer look like? And so many times, like, I'm learning how to cook. I'm three years into my cooking journey. Lord have mercy. I've learned I make pie and I make bread really well. I'm really proud of that. Other things? Nope. You want bread? I'll make you bread. You want an apple pie? I'll make you a homemade apple pie. Homemade crust and all. Huh. Go Jacqueline. I have learned how to do that in the last three years. Other things? Not so much. So I go to Pinterest and I put in how to make chicken. I literally went to Pinterest and I put in how to make chicken. Do you know how mind-boggling the responses are? Like chicken what? 
I don't know. Chicken from the freezer? Like, what is that called? How do you do that recipe? So I had to learn. Okay, do I want chicken with pasta? Oh, okay, how do you make pasta, right? Other than like pastaroni. I can do pastaroni like a boss. <laughs> I've had to learn things. So I go to Pinterest, and I go to Pinterest a lot, right? We, we utilize Pinterest. It's great. You need to throw a birthday party. You need to host something. Pinterest. What does it look like? What do I want? I want to visualize so I know what to follow, so I can do that and not look like the epic fail examples that are all over the place that would be Jacqueline photos. So it'd be so easy and wonderful if we can go to Pinterest and be like, what does my prayer life look like? Click. And we can. We can go and what is prayer? Have you ever looked up prayer on Pinterest? Curious. I know I've got a bunch of girlfriends in my, my writing realm that post their blogs all over Pinterest and it's beautiful. You can access great stuff to help build up your prayer life. That's great. Does that answer what your prayer life looks like, though? It doesn't. Because it's the same as going on to Pinterest and saying, what does my personality look like? Why do I have the characteristics that I have? Pinterest, tell me my answer. I don't know. It's like telling Pinterest, here's my DNA. Tell me. It's not a reader, a fortune reader. I can't tell you what you look like. They can give you an idea. Well, this age group of women tend to fill in the blank. I don't want to be a stereotype of my age group. I want to know what Jacqueline Palmer's prayer life looks like. And if I want to know what my prayer life looks like, I have to be real. And I have to talk to God about it. So this week I've been praying, God, help me with my prayer life. What does Jacqueline's prayer life look like? And God said, stop and look right now. As you're praying that statement, what are you doing? Like, oh. Well, so I answered that question personally. Talked about my posture, talked about my heart, talked about my mind, talked about my thoughts, my distractions, and I evaluated myself. What does my prayer life look like? At that moment, that's what my prayer life looked like. But what happens an hour later when my prayer life was continuing and I wasn't any longer on that position, right? Like our prayer life is going to change, so what does our prayer life look like? How do you answer that? And I will say was the number one question that came upon our survey was, what does my prayer life look like? Interesting. We want to know how to pray correctly because we're getting small groups, right? We get in our small groups and we want to close in prayer. And somebody says, does anybody want to close in prayer? And we're like, <laughs> what does that look like? I one time I'm in a, a church setting and a gentleman was asked to stand up and pray. And he stood up and he prayed and he says, God, please help somebody else stand up and pray. <laughs> it was the cutest thing. And sure enough, because we're part of the body of Christ, men stood up and prayed in his place. It's intimidating. It's scary. Why? Because when we are in public, when we're in front of somebody else, we get so busy thinking, okay, I'm going to pray to God, but somebody is hearing my words, so I'm going to make sure they hear my words and that my words sound correct. And we worry too much about what the ears of a human are hearing you pray that we forget that we're praying to God Almighty. And it doesn't matter if there's two people in front of you. It doesn't matter if you're your child in front of you. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in front of a group of women. It doesn't matter who you're praying to, the King of Kings.
only ears that matter. Challenge. Next time you're in small group and one of your leaders say, who wants to pray? Every hand ought to go up. <laughs> and it could be as simple as, God Almighty, I love you. Amen. Could you imagine being in that room and somebody says that prayer? That's precious. Pray. His ears. What does prayer look like? Philippians 4. Paul, the Apostle Paul, part of our foundation that we stand upon, wrote this book. During a very, very hard time in society, Christians being persecuted for speaking the name of Jesus Christ. Do you think of our world today? Thinking outside of our American soil, you think worldwide. You get those headlines pop up on your phone. Just this morning, we have brothers and sisters around this world that are being persecuted, that are being jailed, that are being murdered for the name of Jesus Christ. That's what's happening at the point that Paul is writing, and sweet friend, that's happening right now. Things are changing in our soil right now. Right in the time when God lays it on my heart, lays it on your leaders' hearts, and united as women inseparable, we're like, we need to really do a study on prayer and fasting. And my leader said this to me through emails and texts and private notes. And I'm like, God, I was, I was in a moment of prayer and fasting. And on that, during that time period, I got messages from my leader saying, it's on my heart to do a lesson on prayer and fasting. At the time, I was praying and fasting over what to do for this spring. And then yesterday, and you think prayer, and you think fasting. And you're like, what does my prayer life look like? How do I in myself pray for this? How do I pray for my American soil? How do I pray for my brothers and sisters worldwide? How do I pray that the name of Jesus Christ shines his face upon us? The religious and the unsaved, how can I use my prayer to make big things happen? What does it look like? Philippians 4, 6. I am dying to read all of Philippians 4. Okay. <laughs> Lord, go before this. Here we go. Verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Anything. That's an exaggerated word. Have you ever taught preschool? <laughs> we have a preschool teacher in the house. Exaggerations. We always tell our kids, don't exaggerate. Don't, always, don't say the word always and never. But God, God always says always. Ever thought about that? Always isn't always a bad word to say. If you're three, yeah, work on that. But God says always. Do you have scripture in your head about that? If not, there's your homework assignment. Find scripture where God Almighty says always. Maybe that's the verse you need to memorize. That's your next verse. God uses the word never. Do you have scripture there? We tell our three-year-olds, don't say never. Don't exaggerate. God says never. And he seals it through the blood of Jesus Christ. Find that reference. Unless the scripture's already flying through your head, write it down. There's scripture. He uses exaggerations. Jesus' life was an exaggeration. He took his love to its fullest extent and then rose again. That's exaggeration. That's beautiful. And we see this verse and we're like, anything and everything and all. Okay, yeah, I'll pray. But don't go all, you know, you're exaggerating. You're getting all real big. Why don't we take this literally? 
Why don't we? If we know Jesus is our Savior, we know what prayer is, we know our place beside God, then why do we kind of, oh, everything? You don't want me to be anxious about anything? Well, I won't be anxious about that because it's so far away, but this, I'm going to just, I'm a little anxious. I'm going to hold on to that anxiety. It helps me. <laughs> what would happen if that's what your prayer life looked like? Not anxious about anything. Does that mean that you're fake? This is a question I had talking to God this week. If I, you write, you hold on to that. Don't be anxious about anything. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know that person? Mm-hmm. How are you? Oh, I'm great. And then the lid flips. And you're like, okay, maybe there was a little bit of, little bit of something that you're holding on to. So how? How do you balance this? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer. Ephesians 6.18 tells us to pray all prayer and all supplication. If we can put in Ephesians 6.18 into this verse and combine it, because it was written by the same author under the leading of the same spirit for all of our ears, this is what it's saying. If we are to pray all prayer... All prayer means all emotion. Sometimes we pray in front of other people and we worry about what other people's ears are. So I want you to go to your place of last week. You and God. It's you before God. And you say, I don't know what to pray. And I'm going to say this very cautiously. So take this as you need this. The passage that says in Romans 8 that says the Holy Spirit conveys words when you don't have words to say to the, to the ears of God. Please don't let that be a cop-out. On behalf of our nation, on behalf of your person's salvation, on behalf of you, don't let that be a cop-out. And I say that very gently. There are times when we're on our knees and our tears are falling and we literally don't know what to say, say nothing at all. When you're there, say nothing at all. But when you're in an emotion where there's words, you know that emotion when you have words? (laughs) Am I the only one who has an emotion that has words? When you're there and you have that emotion, pray all prayer. You're angry? Pray that prayer. Well, I don't know what that looks like. Good, do it. As soon as you do it, you'll know what it looks like. Have you ever prayed angry? Do you know anger is correct? Pray anger. Anybody pray anger recently? That's what prayer looks like. And you're like, I don't know if if I'm doing it correctly. Did you feel... Connected to God while you were praying, your prayer of anger, and did you get up and not sin? That's what righteous anger does. Righteous anger makes you fight. How do we fight? We fight on our knees, and we take it to the one who created anger, who gave us the ability to communicate with him and say, God, I am so angry. These are my words. I'm real about my words. This is how I'm feeling. In my humanity, I know the end. I trust the end. I stand with you until the end. But right now in my humanity and my ignorance of the whole plan, please break the arm of the one that wants to kill innocent people. That's what prayer looks like. Are you overwhelmed with sadness? Pray all prayer. It's so sad when we have such a strong, deep emotion inside of us and we pray a checklist. 
Lord, my friend is fighting cancer. Please be with my friend. Oh, that's precious. Pray that prayer. My husband is having issues at work. Please solve that problem. That's precious. Pray that prayer. When you're with God, show your emotions. Be real with it. But this is what I really want us to focus on, is to pray all supplication. What does that mean? Here's what supplications mean. Supplications means getting selfish with your prayer and praying real about you. Pray for all prayer. Throw your emotion before the king. But then pray about your supplications. Cast your supplications. God, I need my prayer life to grow where you need my prayer life to grow. And then pray about that for minutes. You're like, I don't have enough words for minutes about my prayer life. Then pray about that for minutes without saying a word. And when something comes into your head, cast it out and stay there. Because did you know prayer is conversation? Conversation takes more than one. So sometimes when you're praying all supplication, you're praying about a detail within your soul, not your marriage, not your children, not your health, you, your very being, that emotion that you're wrestling with, that supplication, take that to God. And you're like, but I am struggling with this. How do I pray about this? Say nothing at all. And listen to God. Listen, listen. And you're like, but when I try to listen, I think about my grocery list. Good. Here's what you do. And I gave this tip to a friend last week. Keep a journal next to you. And when you think, oh, I need milk at the store, write milk. Cast it out. Literally, you just cast it out back. God, fear, fear. Help me with my fear. Help me with my anxiety. You tell me not to be anxious about anything. I'm anxious. I am dealing with anxiety. God, speak. You can't ask God to speak unless you stop talking. You got to listen. Pray all supplication. Listen. And you're like, but sometimes when I'm listening, scripture comes into my head. Good. Do you know this is the voice of God? Scripture comes into your head when you're silent before the throne. Perhaps and maybe God's speaking to you through his word. Write it down. Open up the word of God to that passage and pray over it. Pray all prayer. Pray all supplication. Philippians 4, 6 continues and says with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. How do I know what my prayer life looks like? Your prayer life looks like this. After you have that time where you're praying all prayer and you're praying all supplication, you get up and you're not fake, but there's a spirit of thanksgiving that is just welled up inside of you that as you're getting up off your knees, when you're leaving your private prayer closet, whether it be your car, your kitchen table, or your shower, wherever it may be, your, your prayer closet, and you're leaving, the situation is still there. The circumstance is still there. The health issue is still there, but there's an indwelling of thanksgiving that is just pouring out of you. 
And perhaps the tears are still there and your heart is still broken, but you're like, God, thank you. There's fruit from prayer. So you know what your prayer life looks like when you see fruit from prayer. What is that fruit? Thanksgiving. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to read verse 7, and then we're going to end. You want to know what your prayer life looks like? Verse 7 is kind of a compliment of the Holy Spirit in your prayer life. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Exaggeration is everywhere, isn't it? It will guard your heart. That emotion you just poured out, that emotion you just prayed with all prayer, the peace of God will guard that. It'll protect it from becoming bitterness, turning your anger into sin. It'll protect it and keep it anger so that righteous fruit can come from it. And it's going to guard your mind. Is that not... Doesn't that take you right back to the beginning of a verse? Be not anxious about anything. Where's your anxiety come from? Get out of this space. Pour this space in all your prayer and all your supplication and the peace of God will guard it. Okay, got it. And then an hour later, God, my head's going again. Good. Pray all prayer. Again, but I just prayed all prayer. Good. Do it again. Do you notice the more you do something, the easier it is to do it the next time? And then a year later, you look back and you're like, wait a minute, I'm not doing that anymore. Peace of God. Guard your heart from that emotion that you just gave him. Guard your mind from that anxiety that you're dealing with. That's what your prayer life looks like. Heavenly Father, Lord, you gave us two verses, technically, today. I pray that you'll help us. Help us to open this very, very passage in our physical Bibles And I pray specifically that each and every one of us will lay your passage in front of us on our knees today. I pray that we will pray all prayer with your scripture as our motivation to move forward. Lord, for anyone who feels nervous to go to you and pray all prayer, Lord, I pray right now that you'll cast that nervousness out of her. Draw her into your arms. Grow our prayer life right now. Not so our prayer life can look like somebody else's prayer life, but that our prayer life can look like our prayer life. Help us to own it. Help us to claim it. Help us to use our prayer life. Lord, prayer is so powerful. I myself need my girlfriends to pray for me. My girlfriends need me to pray for her. It's what we do. It's what we do as sisters in Christ. And I just pray right now that you all just knit our prayers together. And I pray like I prayed before that you will knit our prayers together for our country. I do pray that we will pray all prayers of our emotions, that we'll pray all our prayers for our very soul. And there's a lot of us that our emotions are dealing with things that are going around us. And I just pray that you'll take our prayers, collect our prayers. And Lord God, we trust you with how you use them. And I pray that your peace will guard our hearts, that your peace will guard our minds. And that the fruit of thanksgiving will just pour out of us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on Telegram at WIOnline.